The Business South podcast is brought to you by Think Creative Intelligence Agency, Ridgeland, Mississippi, 601-856-2000. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Business South podcast hosted by Think Web Store in Ridgeland, Mississippi. I'm Jack Chris, your host, and we are honored to be joined in the studio today by Mr. James Ezel, who is the Executive VP of Business Development for Unitech Global Services. James, welcome to the show. Thanks, sir. It's glad to be here, and I just look forward to visiting and chatting about our company and what we're doing in this business. Well, first of all, tell us, what is Unitech? For people who don't know, I mean, I, I have learned about your company, and it's a fascinating story, and you're an incredible company. Tell our audience, please. Yeah, Unitech Global Services is really a family of companies. We've got uh, a handful of companies, SDT Solutions is one, Hutchins, and the head, SDT is headquartered in Brookhaven, Mississippi. Unitech, the corporate is uh, headquartered in Jackson, and we have uh, the other companies, Hutchins Telecom is in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, uh, Greycliff Enterprises, they're headquartered in uh, North Carolina, uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, and then we've got uh, CI Services is uh, kind of a specialized services company, but they're headquartered in Pennsylvania, and then we have Wirecom, who is headquartered in Toronto, Canada. So we cover uh, the broadband industry, building uh, designing, maintaining uh, fiber optic networks from the Gulf of Mexico all the way to Canada. And your clients are some of the biggest names in tech. They are the biggest names, and some of the newest ones are going to be the biggest names. It's a, it's a growing and dynamic industry. Like, I've never been doing this for over 40 years, and I've never seen it this much activity. Would it be fair to say that Unitech has been kind of the best-kept secret in business? <laughs> They are pretty uh, well-kept secret, I guess. It's yeah. uh, a growing uh, business. Uh, Charlie Smith, a uh, business partner for many years at SDT, is now the CEO. And it's, it's gone through some changes. Unitech used to be a more of a fulfillment, uh, just doing the installs, satellite TV type work, and grew to a pretty good-sized company. And as that industry, that piece of the business was kind of waning off the decisions were made to turn to the broadband infrastructure, fiber networks and all of that, which was a great decision. And uh, so uh, NSTT's been doing that for many years, and that's how we kind of ended up at the executive level today. But uh, the industry is growing, and we've been growing with it, and so it, it's... Uh, it's been a fascinating adventure so far. Well, and it's blowing up now, and we're going to go into that. But, I, James, I want to ask, because I, I know a little bit about the story, but it, it comes better coming from the man himself. Tell me a little bit about the origins of Unitech, because they're unique and they're Mississippi-based. That, well, that's true. Uh, SDT started in my spare bedroom. Charlie, uh, the CEO, uh, it was the president, and he was living in Brookhaven, Mississippi, my hometown. I grew up there. Yeah. And uh, uh, But we started SDT in my spare bedroom when I was in Panama City, Florida. And it grew from there to be uh, pretty much a national company, working for all the largest carriers, did widely diversified services, everything from outside plant uh, telephone construction to uh, uh, manage and technical services. We did a lot of disaster recovery work. We were huge supporting the carriers after Katrina, uh, us being right there in Brookhaven, Mississippi, with all the operations at that time. And so uh, we were really poised and growing. We made the Inc. 500 uh, several years in a row. Uh, we made the Mississippi Business Journal 
top uh, 100 companies. Uh, I think starting in 2003 or 2005, we've been on that list ever since. Actually, we're kind of taller in that list than some of our customers are. Is that right? That is. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. But uh, we, uh, Charlie, uh, I'll speak about him quite a bit because he has been a great mentor to me, great friend, uh, and uh, just a tremendous leader. Uh, humble, uh, just as humble as they come. He surrounds himself with great people and, and helps develop them to be great leaders themselves. So I think that is back to your question about the, the dirty little secret that, you know, this family of companies, we all, SDT started in 1994, and us, you know, trying to trying to make a living in this business. Wirecom in Canada was started in 1994, and, mm -hmm. and, and so we've all kind of been our own little islands for a while, but now we are truly a family of companies, and, and with his kind of leadership, that's what we become. It's real easy as you get too big to have those corporate structures and, and you're just pigeonholed. But uh, uh, his leadership has really brought all of these companies together and allowing us to do some really big deals. And, and you and I have discussed uh, before on some other projects that, that we've worked on together is, and it goes to your point, this is more of a family atmosphere than a huge conglomerate. I mean, it, it could be a conglomerate, Correct. But it's not because of the leadership and the vision of the leadership, right? Absolutely. That, yeah. that is something that you'll hear him say all the time about the family, the way, the way we treat one another. You know, and uh, I, I can tell you, we treat the janitor just like we do the chairman of the board. And that's yeah. not everywhere. That's not everywhere. No, we thankfully uh, have that, that culture and that environment. Uh, and and that that's, makes everybody feel part of that team. And also, the other thing is it's still demanding. We demand uh, quality and performance. That is our focus. I mean, it's uh, make sure that what we do, we do it to the best we can. Well, James, those families are demanding, too. Yeah, exactly. We, we hold each other accountable. How did you get into this field? What was your background? <laughs> uh, I graduated high school and uh, did not have the... Uh, uh, Good fortune of being able to afford to go to college back then, and didn't you know didn't have uh, uh, mentors, anybody that could tell me how I could do it uh, by loans or anything else. But I was eager to get in, in the workforce, and so I kind of stumbled across a small company in Brookhaven called McMullen Engineering Company. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our customers all over, still in the industry today, kind of came from that world and, and ended up in the telephone company or different places. Bernie Evers. Bernie Evers. He came from Brookhaven. Uh, came from Brookhaven but he didn't come from McMullen Engineering Company. No, no. But uh, uh, so, you know, when I landed there, uh, and, and I, within, a, it was a boom time then also. The oil field was booming and like Lafayette and different places were growing and needing telephones building out. So I was, uh, my, my job then was called a wheel boy. I pushed a little orange wheel and get the measurements. And uh, today we use LIDAR and helicopters and we can fly and you know, capture all that data just like Google Earth does almost. Uh, but uh, so after a couple of years and figured out this might be a pretty good career in the industry, that's when they broke Ma Bell up, you know, they right. went to you know, divestiture. Well, that little company, because all they did was outside plan engineering, they weren't able to withstand the winds of change. And so it was a little too late. They tried to diversify into other uh, industries, other uh, functions, and it was too late. They, they went under, and I ended up without a job and went oil field for three years. 
and Charlie, uh, which I met during that period, worked with Mullen Engineering as well. And he ended up going to work for another engineering company doing the same thing. And within about three years later, uh, other uh, folks recognized his talent, his leadership, and gave him the opportunity to start his own company. Well, he remembered me, thankfully, and I was employee number two at that company. That was called Comtech, and it was headquartered there in Brookhaven, Mississippi. And, and I remember the very first meeting I had with Charlie, he said then, he said, we're not going to do just one thing. We're not going to do outside plane engineering. We're going to do engineering, construction, technical services, inspection, right away, you know, everything that we could think of inside this industry so that when the winds of change come, we would be prepared. And, and so that's what we did within a few years. And I, at that time, I was so happy to get back in the telephone business. Yeah. Uh, I paid attention to everything around me. I mean, I was always calling and telling, this company's fixing to do that. This company's fixing to do that. And um, so, uh, and a few years later, as the business was growing and we were diversifying, he asked me if I would take over business development and marketing. And at the time, I was like, Charlie, I don't know anything about business development. He said, well, you know more than anybody else. Here's, Here <laughs> Here's your business card. <laughs> and so I've, I've stumbled along through this uh, for a long time. But we've, we've had a, a tremendous ride. We've done his vision of being diversified. And, uh, and so when we got a chance to start SDT, we were trying to diversify in some other areas. And uh, so that was the goal. And that was the reason for the name, Southern Diversified. Unfortunately, the very first project we got was in Detroit, so it was wow. the only thing southern about us was our our accents. <laughs> but uh, it's been a, been a great development, great story for you, us. You use the term vision. It sounds like Charlie Smith was a visionary, yeah. and you were like the right hand man. You had your eyes and ears open for everything. But could you ever have imagined that you'd be where you are now, and that we'd be where we are now with that, you know that, like this and and fiber and. Yeah. Did you ever imagine? Not at all. Not at all. There was no, and nobody could. I don't think uh, there was. Uh, when we started Comtech in '86, uh, the uh, fiber optic cable. We were putting some of the very first fiber optic cables in for AT and T long haul routes, and you know the technology they were talking about this glass and the capacity. How much could be carried across mm -hmm. that one little hair sized fiber? And, you know, they, we were all saying, well, as soon as all the fiber goes in, we're all out of job. It's not, you know, we're done. Well, now we've gone back and placed that same fiber three and four times because nobody saw the, the dot-coms, nobody saw the, the applications, the apples, uh, you know, everything that's being done now. And, and even beyond that, you know, we were thinking you get it built out in the cities and all, we're good. Now, thanks to COVID, we realize the need, the necessity, the absolute essential utility is now considered the fourth utility is broadband service for right. the rural, I mean, everybody. Right. You know, so uh, that's why you're seeing now all of the federal funding that's coming in and the laws are being changed thanks to, thanks to some great leadership in Mississippi legislature. They changed the laws allowing these rural co-ops to bring broadband service, not only electrical power, but also broadband out to the very ends of the rural markets in Mississippi and all over. So that's driving tremendous growth for our business and will create, I think, uh, untold uh, revenue, untold uh, economic development 
for rural America. Well, we're at a point, or we've been at a point, where having broadband access is just like having electricity. Exactly. I mean, you've got exactly. to have it. But there are still people here in Mississippi, you know this, and I'm sure you're going to work to get to them, that, that don't have it. They don't have access. But And COVID, you know, taught the lesson that if you don't have it, and if something like this happens, you're, you're not only are you out of the loop, you can't get an education. Right. You can't go to work, you know. Tell they, me about they, that challenge. I mean, you know. Well, that, that you. that's exactly right. We experienced some of that in our own business that, you know, try to send during COVID send people home to work. Well, if they don't have, you know, high-speed internet, there's very little they can do right. from home. So that's that's not solving, you know, both problems. It's keeping you safe from COVID, but then you still, you can't work. So uh, it's difficult. But because of the legislature, because of the, the new environment, building fiber out to the rural America, it's amazing. We'll be out, we'll have crews coming down the road and the neighbors are coming out to stop and, and talk to us and say, hey, when are you coming to my house? When are you going to be down this road? You know, they are excited. We, we, we have trucks driving by and people cheering. Yay! <laughs> are we going to reach a point where every home in Mississippi that has a computer will have broadband access? It's, it's going to take a few years, mm -hmm. but yes. That is, the and, uh, and you can almost say, well, now we're at the point, once you get all that built, you don't need to do anything else. There's always going to be maintenance. There's always going to be new growth, new communities being built. I mean, and who knows what your technology has already told us. You know, we don't know what's coming next. How do you keep up with it, James? I have to ask you and the whole team at Unitech because things are changing so rapidly. And, and it's got to be hard to keep up with it. It is. And, uh, but you got to. From a business development, you know, my job is to know who are the customers, where's yeah. the opportunities, and they're popping up new every day. And uh, so obviously you need, need to be careful. There's always, when you have that much government funding coming in, there's, you know, the snakes come out of the woodwork. And so it's, it's we have to be prudent to make sure that the customers that we're working with are good, strong, solid customers um, and uh, have to do our due, due diligence as well. And um, You've got that reputation though. We, we've you been fortunate. Do. We have. Yeah. We, we, we saw this. Now you talk about dot-com. That meltdown, they they were building fiber then because they saw the dot-com economy coming. They didn't have customers signed up at the end of it. They were trying to build it, knowing that the customers will come. Well, things happened, and, and so the economy ended up kind of tanking, and the dot-coms just, you know, it was just no revenue there. Yeah, this is different. Yeah. You know, this is, we're going to, one of the customers told us the other day, because of all the funding, and it's a, it's it's like a wild west. It's a land grab. Whoever can get there first gets the customer. So that's why you see frantic building, and you know. But we want to make sure that we're with a customer that is on top of their game as well. What's been the biggest change you've seen, and what's been the biggest challenge? And I know there's there's bound to be a lot, okay, given given your field. But I, but I have to ask. I usually ask all my guests. What's been the most challenging part of your career? And then with you specifically in Unitech, in your field, what's been the biggest change? Uh, that is a tough question. I may have to come back. <laughs> but the, uh, we've seen lots of technological changes. I mean, from the time I began, like I said, I used a, a little wheel to get the measurements. Now yeah. you, can, you can practically go on Google Earth and get all of your measurements and lay out what, how many feet of cable you're going to need and, and see a lot of changes in that instance. The uh, customer dynamics have changed quite a bit. Like I said, there used to be, you had Ma Bell and you had the rural independents. Now we have all of these uh, electric co-ops and then all these other 
companies popping up to, to build over and a lot of times overbuilding existing you know incumbent telephone companies. So it, it that for me as the business development guy trying to keep up with who is the customer, you know, how how strong is their funding, you know, uh, their business plan, how accurate is that? So um, it, it's a it's a lot of balls in the air. Well, yeah, and it sounds like it. Now, uh, say again, Business South is the podcast. James Ezell is our guest with Unitech Global Services. He's, uh, he is the rather executive VP of business development. You just moved your corporate headquarters to Jackson. Tell us about that. That was big news for Jackson. It, it, it was big news for Jackson. It's big for us. Like yeah. I said, uh, I started uh, in Panama City, Florida. Then we moved our operations in Atlanta with for SDT uh, for 15 years. And I moved back home after that to, in 2007 to take care of aging parents and, and be back home for a while. And my goal then at that time, we had built SDT. We were worked everywhere from uh, Alaska, downtown Manhattan, in uh, South Florida, I mean, all over the country. And at that time, there was very little work we were doing in Mississippi. And so one of my goals when I came back was focus more inwardly instead of just, you know, outwardly. And uh, so today we've got more work going on in Mississippi than we ever had over the last 25 years. So, uh, and then we, at that time we had the Unitech after we uh, joined Unitech in 2018 and then they had moved the headquarters to Dallas. And it's amazing that you can find better talent in Jackson, Mississippi than you can in Jack in, in Dallas, Texas. I wish you'd and, repeat that because a lot of people would say, no, you that's not true. Well, I I will repeat that. We've <laughs> had better success, put it that way, from our perspective. Yeah. We've had better success finding the people that fit our culture, our family culture, our, our culture of discipline and hard work in Jackson, Mississippi than we had in Dallas. Now, there's a lot of talented people. I'm not knocking Dallas for the talent. There's lots of people there. But it's so big, you may find the person you need, but there's still a two-hour commute into town and a two-hour commute back home. So it's, it was just very challenging getting the people that we needed to be where we needed them to be. And may not be as loyal. The, I, I, I can speak. You and I both know as Mississippians, we and, tend to be loyal to... You took the words to out of my mouth. When, 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 when a man from Mississippi shakes his hand and said, I'll do this, you can pretty much take it to the bank. But now this move to Jackson was recent, was it not? Very recent, very recent. Was, um, uh, just a couple of months ago when we, we made that move. And uh, it's it's worked out really well. We've got uh, a great presence over on uh, Crane Ridge. We've got space. And, we, you know, like I said, the, the separate divisions all have their own headquarters. So it's not everybody piled into one spot. We've kind of got the companies, the family of companies are all kind of regional. Now we overlap a lot and work together really well together, but uh, SDT, uh, we because we've grown so much, we kind of have SDT East and SDT West. SDT West is made up of a lot going on in Texas operations. Uh, then we've got the Brookhaven, we've got work going on uh, from, we cover almost all of Arkansas. You know, Alabama, uh, Tennessee, uh, Mississippi, uh, Florida. Uh, we've got an office in uh, Atlanta still. So we're spread out pretty far and wide. And then you'll have the Hutchins company that's in the uh, Kentucky, uh, Illinois, Ohio region. Uh, got uh, a Great Cliff Enterprises that is in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. And they kind of carry the, the Carolinas and uh, Alabama and Georgia and, and North 
Florida. And then, of course, uh, CI Services out of Pennsylvania, they're scattered in a lot of different areas doing kind of niche services, the drops, the installs, kind of the last mile piece, as well as some of the big mainline construction. So total employees, rough estimate, like how many Mississippians do you employ? And then company-wide, would you, can you give us a guess? Company-wide is uh, a little over 750. Of course, that number changes every day. And then uh, SDT has... Around 350 of those, and in Mississippi, I'm not sure. It's a, a, a about half that I think. So, around 175 or so. Now let's let's go back if you don't mind talk about the, the funding. I guess it, the PPP funding was primarily where where the money came in for broadband. Am I right about that? There there was some, uh, some funding for that, but the biggest funding that's come in right lately. Now they've had several different buckets, and I may get the acronyms wrong, but there was. The American Rescue Recovery Fund. That's okay. That's the one I was thinking. That's the that one. The money, the, that money goes to like all the states and then it gets scattered to all the counties. Well, very few counties are going to go build a broadband network, but they have the decision on where that money could go to. So that could go to uh, uh, one of the main incumbent carriers. It could go to uh, rural telco. It could be, you know, another third party developer coming in to build broadband. But that money is kind of controlled by the counties. Now, the latest round that just came out of the uh, the $65 billion infrastructure, uh, or it's a, I think it was $2 trillion infrastructure. That was January or so, yes. wasn't it? Yeah. This was yeah. the most recent. And so that puts like $65 billion into this industry. And so that's, that, that will drive the growth and development for the next you know, seven to 10 years. Where are we going to be in seven to 10 years? Have you thought about it? I mean, I'm sure you have. I mean, if you had the crystal ball, what are the new trends going to be? That, that's what I was saying earlier. I, there's almost no way to know. There's going to be some rural farmer that's, you know, because he's got this kind of access, comes up with something new that nobody ever thought of. You know, there's, you know, businesses, you can have your business way out in the middle of nowhere now. You know, it, it you can, uh, it's, Amazing to think about what might come out of this. Uh, I wish I did have a crystal ball. No. <laughs> well, let me let me kind of narrow it down a little bit. What do you think about Unitech's role going forward? I mean, obviously you're growing. I'm sure you've got a, a future plan. You know, a plan of growth uh, and where you want to be yep. in five, ten years. Where do you think Unitech will be? Well, I think uh, the the pattern that we're on and, and the the vision and philosophy that we have. You know, these family of companies, I think it would be easy to see that we would expand that, that you would be, maybe you join up with another big company or you, you buy more companies with the same philosophy and, and thinking. And, you, and You're going to be busy building all of this for the next five to seven years, but then also you're going to be busy maintaining it. Somebody's got to take care of the networks. Uh, they, you know, they don't last forever. They need to be rebuilt. There's storms and things that happen, road moves, it's constantly having to maintain the network, build out to new customers, there's new subdivisions being built that would need to be built out. So uh, the the work's not going away. We're not going to finish building it and all pack up and go home. There's going to be new opportunities and who knows what the new technologies may be. There's, right. uh, you know, like I said, when in 86, we put the fiber in, we thought, well, we're done. Once you get through with this, no, you, know, you won't need us again. Just a few years later, the, you know, the capacity was used up. The, the smartphones and devices, it just 
you know, we think now that if we got one gig up, one gig down, we're, that's as fast as we'll ever need. But they may need to be faster in a few years. You mentioned, James, going out to some of these rural communities. Let me bring it down to a, a real personal level. Have you seen anybody or seen families that have been touched or changed by the work you do? I mean, see the real human side of it, especially during COVID. Yeah, we've uh, uh, seen a lot of families. Uh, and we do a lot of stuff on social media, and we, we have comments and people reply that, you know, that without it, they can't do the homeschooling. They can't do the distance learning. And being able to do that uh, allows them to learn. I mean, there was families that, you know, they went home and, you know, what are you going to do? You know, by having high-speed broadband, then they were able to, do distance learning. They, their kids could continue to be in school even though they were there. So and you've met some of these folks. We, I'm we sure. talked to some, and I've met some personally. Uh, there's there's some that we've talked to uh, through others that, like I said, we'd be out on the road and they'd want to come out and talk to the guys, bring them water, and say, <laughs> "I live down this way. Can you come down this way?" <laughs> and uh, so it's a, it's a it's a it's good to know that what you do has an impact on individual lives like that. And you know, what do you want the, the listeners of the show here to know about Unitech that we haven't talked about? I think one thing is uh, great companies come and go. Uh, Charlie, keep talking about him and his vision. Uh, he came across a book uh, by Jim Collins called Good to Great oh, yeah. Yeah. Year, years ago. And he made all of us uh, get a copy and read it. And then for years... That was basically our little guidebook. And every year in meeting, we'd kind of go back through it and say, all right, so where are we now? We never said we were great. We, we always knew we were good. But what does it take to get to that next level? And uh, by going through that exercise, and it started with the leadership being humble, being driven, and we, we saw that in Charlie. But also for us, that cultural discipline, that hedgehog concept, you know, who are we? What, what do we want to be when we grow up? And I think that kind of gets back to the question you were asking. What I think I would like to see us be is that big conglomerate that does everything across all functions in this uh, industry, if whether it's, you know, doing the design work, doing the feasibility work, doing the actual construction, building the networks, which we're very good at and then maintaining the network. And somebody asked me the other day, what do y'all do? And I said, well, we build families. And they what? <laughs> I said, well, we build houses, we build you know, buy cars. We, you know, he's, he was just like, what are you, what are you talking about? And I said, well, but you do. With the way we do that is we build broadband networks. Right. We're really good at it, but the end result is families can grow. They can be having babies, they have uh, new houses, and you know, show up with a new car, and it's it's because, you know, we've created that environment that allows people to do that. And, well, and, and and take I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah. taken from Jim Collins' book, it, it's safe to say that Unitech has gone from good to great, and I'm assuming you're looking to be even greater. That's that is the plan. <laughs> and maybe maybe greatest. You may be there already. Uh, too modest to say. I don't know. Yeah, we would we would certainly uh, welcome that. They say you know if it's true, you know it, it, you don't have to be humble. <laughs> I think the old Mac Davis song. It's hard that's to right. be humble when, right. you, when you're perfect or whatever. Babe Ruth says, "Not bragging if you can do it." Right? That's that's absolutely right. <laughs> it sounds like that's true of Unitech, James. You know it, it's a it's a 
we've barely touched on the subject. We've only got so much time, but there's so much more to know and learn. I, I wish you'd give our, our listeners and viewers uh, the Unitech website address where they can learn more about the company and, and that kind of thing. I'll be glad to. It is unitechgs.com. Uh, that's U-N-I-T-E-K-G-S.com. And I certainly didn't mean to be insulting when I said that maybe the company you haven't heard of. What was the old, back in the 70s, the quiet company? There was some company that had that slogan. Unitech seems to me like maybe you have been the quiet company. The one that's doing all the work in the background that you might not know about. Right. And Unitech, is, it is the corporate brand. And uh, so most people may have heard of SDT. That's the, got the uh, blue diamond, with the blue SDT initials in it. You may have seen no trucks all over and a funny story on that, I, I get uh, texts and emails from friends all the time. It says, send me a picture of their truck. And so, I saw your truck over here, so-and-so. <laughs> like, we're everywhere. It's like, <laughs> kick no, over an ant bed. Yeah. <laughs> James, it's been a pleasure. And uh, we appreciate having you on the show. And we appreciate the work Unitech has done. Because as you said it, you're buying cars, buying food. You're getting kids education. We're trying. It's very important. Mr. James Ezel has been our guest here on Business South. He is the Executive VP of Business Development with Unitech Global Services. I'm Jack Chris. <clears throat> Thank you so much for listening to Business South, which is hosted by Think Web Store. Have a good day.